I really don't know what it means to be rich. I never experienced it throughout my entire life. I don't know if anybody listening can relate to the feeling of being rich. Now, what do I mean by that? So if you are rich in the sake of this podcast episode, I would say that you have an excessive amount of money. So rich for me, my point of view, in the sense that I'm covering it today, is having so much money that you'd never be able to spend it in multiple lifetimes. So that instead what you do is you pay for luxurious items. You pay for the best cars, you pay for the best meals, you have servants, you have massive houses, multiple houses, different places you can live. You know, you you travel the world and you stay in the nicest hotels and you're treated, you know, like uh, kings and queens. So that's what I mean by being rich for the sake of this podcast. So I never had the feeling of that. I grew up in a very humble family. We didn't really want for anything, so I consider myself lucky. We We never went to bed starving or anything like that. We lived, you know, decently comfortable lifestyle. We were able to, you know, move when we needed to. We had uh, all the clothes that we would need, went to a decent school. You know, we didn't want for anything. So that was the life that I experienced growing up. But I kind of fell into that, you know, misconception that you need to have a ton of money to be happy. And I think since I was a child, this is going back to the 1980s, 1990s, to today, I I think it hasn't really gotten better. If anything, with the advent of social media, with uh, YouTube videos and TikToks, where people are flexing. Isn't that the term that the kids use? Flexing. So they come on their videos and they're like, you know, I have this Lamborghini. And I drive around in it and, you know, the ladies, they all notice me. I'm talking about from a male point of view. Ladies all notice me and that's really cool and everybody should be like me. But then you hear the story afterwards that that wasn't their Lamborghini, that they just saw it in the street. They took a picture in front of it. You know, what's the uh, crouch down doing the peace signs with both your hands and the duck face on your face and then uh, pretending like it's your car so it's kind of a flex in a sense, but it's not a reality. But then, you know, the younger folks, they, they see the video and they think, oh, this is reality. And when I see somebody who's living that lifestyle and I think, okay, everything around them, everything in their life is perfect. And then it makes me think, okay, that's what I need to strive to be. We had those folks back when I was a kid, and they're still around today. If not today, they have more access to the younger generation, which in a way I think is problematic. So there's this need to be rich that a lot of people feel as they're growing up, that you need to make a certain amount of money, you need to have a prominent job, that you need to be high up in society so that people when they look at you they respect you without even knowing who you are and i'm going to say that most of the thoughts around that 
most of the thoughts around owning all the luxurious items like the you know the luxury car and the 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 big mansion on the top of the hill is mostly man-made this belief that you're nobody unless you have a lot of money and that's the only way to become someone this is man-made this is man-made in our society where we strive and in the most part we fail to reach that level now of course there's many people who have done it many people have uh, followed their passions in life and it's led them to a place of mastery and if their passion in life is something that is sought after by the world uh, for example we have elon musk you know the head of tesla his passion was the technology that eventually led him to founding the car company tesla so the world just happens to be changing at the same time where we're concerned about climate change and probably rightly so and it turns out that people are saying that there's you know a need for electronic cars now i'm not going to get into the politics behind whether that's better for the environment or worse of the same but what i'm saying is that overall there was a need for it and it was almost like elon's life led him up to that point where it just happened so he not not just happened for him it took him a long time to reach the level eventually he got to and the mastery that he created around himself allowed it to be but it just so happens that the timing is perfect when he masters it and he has this amazing company with these spaceship like automobiles that there's a need for and then everything the stars align and all of a sudden he's one of if not the richest man on the planet so that's that's different because i don't know if he sought out to be rich i'm sure he enjoys it i mean it would be hard not to enjoy it if you're rich and everything's taken care of for you i mean he seems to be very focused on his projects he's a uh, person who who chases mastery so i don't know if he even thinks about it all that much so for him it's almost like a byproduct he didn't really worry about becoming rich and famous yet it happened to him anyway and that was the end result but it doesn't make him any better as a human being than say you know the very nice person down the road who volunteers all of their free time to help folks or the um, teacher you know who still believes in the idea of you know the traditional education and wants children to grow up with some some guidance and some goals you know they 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 take that time to teach these kids and they make a good impact on the lives of many you know elon musk isn't better or worse than any of those folks you know they're all bringing something to society they're all giving back so if that teacher uh, in canada they do make good money but in the united states i know they don't make as much but if that teacher is making what 30 40 50 thousand dollars a year you know finding it hard to meet up with our current living standards but they're still giving back they're doing still doing great things that's in my mind a great person so when i say that there's this glorification around being rich i look towards more of the um, disturbance in that thought and the disturbance seems to surround the idea of owning stuff you know owning the best stuff owning the best cars owning the designer 
purses and designer shoes and whatever the air jordans you know owning owning the the stuff that when your friend asks you oh uh, what kind of purse is that and you go prada with a huge smile on your face that's the glorification that i am not in agreement with because there really is no good value to the human species that surrounds that so that for reason i just kind of you know step away from that and i see it for what it is it's more of a disturbance because i'll tell you right now i mean there is really no difference between a high quality bag and a prada so if you get the i'm not an expert on purses by the way everyone but if you get a really nice purse you spend a hundred dollars two hundred dollars on it it's made from the same material as the prada same type of stitching it comes from a company that's very well respected and the owner is a master purse maker and they've created this wonderful product that will last you for years and years and years. And then you have this other bag that's kind of made the same way, maybe not with the same type of craftsmanship behind it, but it's going to last you a little while. And there's a name on it that says Prada. Do you see a difference there? I don't. I mean, when I step back and I, I look at it, I think the only difference is, is to be able to belittle others by saying that you have it. Now, I'm not disparaging anyone for having a Prada bag, for driving a Mercedes-Benz or a, uh, you know, a, a BMW or whatever. I'm not disparaging anyone. I mean, if that's what you wanted and it makes you happy, then more power to you. What I'm talking about here is the idea that we chase this fake persona that doesn't really need to exist. And the thoughts of really wanting to be rich in the sense of saying, I have all this stuff and you don't, and that makes me better than you, that's the illusion. Now, here's the, the counter thought with that is a question. Um, what is having enough? So my, my question for you is to ask yourself, and you look around in the life that surrounds you, are you comfortable? Are the necessities of life met for you? And if they're not, what is the reason why? Now, this is an important from a couple of different angles. Uh, the first angle is if you feel that you're poor, if you live in a place that you don't think is up to snuff, is not the place that you dreamed of living in, and in your mind you're thinking, I'm not as good as my brother, I'm not as good as my sister or my very you know, popular friend, and you look around you and you say, okay, this isn't enough for me. If you take a step back from that initial thought process of comparing yourself with somebody else, and can you say that your necessities are met? You have a roof over your head. You have a comfortable lifestyle. There's nothing that's disturbing you about the space that you're living in. And if there is something disturbing you, you know, how much work would it take you to get to a point where you're not disturbed and that you're, you're comfortable? So you look at it in that regards and think, okay, forget about my friend, forget about my brother, forget about my parents pressuring me and saying, does this make me happy? And if it doesn't make you happy, then, then you go down that line is why doesn't it make me happy? Is it because I'm comparing myself to others? Well, that's an easy fix. Just stop doing it. Don't compare yourself to others. Just put yourself on an island. And if, if the family, if the friends are causing you to think differently and they're constantly berating you for supposedly not being enough, 
then maybe they shouldn't be in your life. And I'm only saying in the sense that they're over the top toxic for you and causing these problems. Do not take this as, you know, the God's honest truth and I am not an expert in your life. I don't even really know in this moment who I'm talking to at the moment. I just know hopefully I'm talking to a few really good people. So you, you disconnect yourself from what's creating that disturbance in your life. And just try and see your life for what it is. I mean, if it helps you to think of somebody who doesn't have anything, a child who is uh, unfortunately living on the streets, they don't have a roof over their head. They go to bed hungry at night. If it helps you to think from that point of view, to think maybe I should be grateful for some of the things that I already have, and it makes you look at the things that surround you in a different life, light, then at this point, I mean, it, it's just up from there. You can clean things, you can decorate things, you can, you can uh, remove uh, debts in your life, things that are pulling your income away to stuff that doesn't matter, that could easily be transferred over to stuff that does, to make sure the necessities in life are met. And in turn, you know, you can have better friends, you can have people that are more air quotes on your level. So that, you know, everybody's content with the life they already have and then they can focus on the more important things. Now, these are ways around that. Like for me personally, I don't live in the nicest of houses, but I love my house. I don't live in the nicest of neighborhoods, but I love living in the neighborhood that I'm currently in. I see the high points of both of those things. I don't have a brand new luxury automobile. I drive an older car and I love that car. I mean, it's perfect for me. I mean, it's going to have to be replaced eventually once it starts getting mechanically unsound, because that's one of those things you got to ask, well, if it's going to cost me money to fix this car constantly, then that's pulling money away from the necessities that I want in life, then in that case, it becomes more financially feasible to replace it. Okay, that's an example. You understand um, an example of how you can take money out of the things that don't matter and put them in the things that do. And if there is some people in your life, you might step back and look at it and say, maybe I don't even need a car. Maybe I can get by on doing public transit or I can get by on, uh, you know, finding a job that's closer to me so I can just walk to work or, you know, take a quick bus ride. You know, there's certain things that once you can step back and look at life from a very logical point of view, that there are many things that can be changed. I find we get into these ruts that um, when you step back and you look at it and you think, you know, I, I've been kidding myself that you become in a habit of thinking that you need to be a certain way because that's what other people might be telling you. And this is never the most healthy way of looking at things. So having that ability to be able to step back and look at things, anything, your life, the people that surround you, the politics of the world, whatever it might be, and be able to look at it from a non-emotional point of view, to not react to it in an emotional way where you're putting yourself into that, you're feeling it as if it's happening to you, to be able to step back from that and just say to yourself, what is this in reality? That's a huge skill. And if you can gain that skill in your life, I find that it can it can change everything. Now I have this article here 
This is something that I'm going to try and do on all of the episodes. I'm going to pick out an article that seems to be related to what I'm talking about. And I found this one here that is titled, it's from the Country Living Magazine. It's on the website. Why I'm Happy I Grew Up Poor. Now, keep in mind, I'm not going to reread these beforehand because I want to react with it while I'm reading it to you guys. So this one's from countryliving.com. It's uh, the author's a young lady named uh, J.M. Paul. That's her name. And it starts out, I enjoy money as much as the next person and understand how important it can be. But I'm incredibly grateful that my family essentially had none of it when I was growing up. The reality is that wealth tends to change our focus. You have money, life seems to center on what you can buy, what it can do for you, uh, who it can impress or influence, and what has to be done to obtain more of it. That is a wonderful paragraph, by the way. This is Daniel. That paragraph, I'm going to reread it again. The reality is that wealth tends to change our focus. When you have money, life seems to center on what it can buy, what it can do, who it can impress or influence, and what has to be done to attain more of it. Now, this is the the area when I was talking about earlier, how you don't want to have the wrong view on the life that surrounds you, and you can get into this wrong type of habit. That paragraph, so beautifully written, tells exactly why. Jesse grew up dirt poor, that her uh, father disappeared and started a new life with a new family. Uh, she felt that she was better off without him, although I would say, um, I don't know, I, I don't really know how this guy was, but I mean, it's always good to have a father in your life, even if it's not the most supportive, as long as he's not abusive in any way. It's good to have that influence on you as you're growing up, but I, I wouldn't know not having a father in my life because I did. Uh, his only form of parenting, according to her, was uh, government garnishing his wages each week. So it was a uh, child support. So the mom was left on her own to raise three small children in a tiny trailer. Uh, the mom worked two or three jobs, probably didn't have a lot of time for her kids, paid the bills, put food on the table, which is really good. That's something definitely to be grateful for. Uh, their electricity would go out, the heat would go out because they couldn't afford it. Um, the dinner wasn't always the best of food. The powder milk and spam were staples. And uh, frozen TV dinners and pizza were considered special occasion. Now, they felt lucky um, as, a, as children that the house payment could be paid. Uh, there was always a threat that they might be kicked out. Now, I, I, I can't understand. This is Daniel to live under that stress of always wondering if you're potentially going to get kicked out of your home or even to think that you don't have enough food you might go to bed hungry i think those would be terrible things and i would think if you're going to try and chase anything in life it's to have those necessity met and i also say to the government you know if you're going to chase anything like just make sure those necessities are met never go to an excess because when you go to an excess like unfortunately happened during the uh, last uh, sickness that took everything over that you end up causing problems with the finances of everyone and that's what we're currently sitting in now in the year 2022 towards the end 
So she just continues on about uh, how growing up it was a bit of a nightmare. And, uh, but she wouldn't trade it for anything. And she says, why? Because our focus was family, not material objects. That's beautiful, by the way. You know, the fact that you don't have material objects surrounding you, you don't have the need to get more. The kids aren't coming to the mom and saying, oh, you know, please give me $200 for that pair of shoes. No, they're just happy to have shoes. And then that, you know, gets this young lady, J.M. Paul, to grow up with an appreciation for the rest of life, for the for the little things that are had. They, you know, you know, your entertainment in the evening time she says uh, they, they sit in the living room and dance to uh, Elvis records. I mean, that's so simple, a cheap thing to do. Yet it's the most fun ever and the family's having it together. So. She says here, when I talk about my family openly, I receive strange looks. People don't understand how close-knit we are. It took until my mid-twenties for me to realize that not every family is like mine. Our lack of money made us depend on each other and appreciate respect and support one another. Now, this is Daniel. I, I love hearing that. I mean, I didn't really have that when I was growing up. We were good, but we weren't as close like this. And as well, I'm kind of a uh, anti-social character. I uh, find, what's the term, introverted, extremely introverted. I find like time by myself to be the most amazing time of, of them all. I'm a lone wolf uh, to the detriment of my wife. But when I hear this, I mean, it's nice to have a family that, that is that close. You can always rely on each other. And I know a lot of families these days are more separated than together and that they wouldn't feel this way. They wouldn't ever use the term close-knit like Ms. Paul is using here. Uh, so continuing on, says, Kids don't need the overabundance of junk saturating the market today. Uh, what they need is engaged parenting. But don't simply tell your kids you love them, but prove it to them. Uh, show them your love by being involved in their lives actively communicating with them, participating in their activities, and being there for them in general. It astounds me when I'm out to eat and I notice families and friends sitting at the table uh, <laughs> shoving food into their mouths while their noses are buried in the cell phone. I've seen that too. And I, I don't like, I, I don't like uh, the smartphone. Like, I have a smartphone and I love it, and I'll use it all the time. But when you're with somebody else, I, you, you got to be with them. You can't be sitting on your phone and you can't be interrupted unless it's like an emergency. Somebody's in trouble. You know, don't let it interrupt the conversation. That's because, you know, you're having that conversation and connection is so difficult these days. So uh, she, she ends the article by saying money makes the world go round, but it can't replace affection, guidance, support and love. You can't teach respect, hard work or appreciation. The poorest person supposedly has nothing, but if they have the aforementioned, they have everything that counts. It's a beautiful article. Again, it's countryliving.com. Just do a search for why I'm happy I grew up poor, and you should be able to find it. And it makes you think, huh? You think about um, how close are you to your family these days? You know, have you let that relationship stray? And I'm definitely on that train myself. 
I would love to be closer to my family members. Uh, some of them choose not to be. That's not against me personally, but the family as a whole. And others, you know, might have, you know, gone into their shell. I live inside my shell. That's where I, uh, that's where I feel most comfortable. So then I have a hard time kind of doing the usual uh, social chit chat. I love deep conversations, but a lot of people don't like that. I love, you know, calm interactions with folks. But again, I think I'm in the minority when it comes to things like that. But I mean, if you have this as a potential in your life and you haven't reconnected with your family just from the sense that you're thinking, oh, they don't want to hear from me or uh, I just don't feel like talking to them, then you know what? Rip off the Band-Aid. Because, you know, in the future, especially if you're having a tough time right now, in the future that might mean something very important to you. Now, I just want to uh, talk quickly about why life is best when it's calm. C-A-L-M, calm. Now, less stuff equals more calm and less worry. So when you have an excess of stuff, now, people don't really kind of look at being rich in this way. But if you have an excess of stuff, you have an excess of liabilities. So you have that expensive house. Well, it has to be cleaned. It has to be maintained. There's taxes on that. You know, uh, if you're paying off a mortgage with it, then there's the mortgage, which is a huge problem. So what happens is, is some people, they, they, they seek this, this luxury lifestyle and they think, okay, because I have this certain amount of money that I make a year, that if I tax it at 100% in my mind, then I can live that lifestyle. And they seek out the house that's beautifully renovated in the perfect neighborhood with tons of space. They seek out that nice car that's going to be comfortable as they make that hour and a half commute into the big city to work their job that they don't like. So they seek out all this stuff. And what it ends up doing is creating this trap that exists around them. They now have this trap and they can't get out of it because financially they have to work that job they don't like forever. And if they have, you know, a wife and children, the wife doesn't work and it's all on them. I mean, the stress of that can get to someone. And sorry, I say wife, I'm just saying from my point of view, also if it's a wife supporting a husband, which can happen, you know, that way as well. So you get trapped in this lifestyle that you never wanted in the first place, just because you felt you had to seek it out, just because you felt you had to have the best stuff to keep up with your more successful friends, if you have more successful friends, and you trap yourself. And if you fail in that regard, you're going to fail big. And the, the more you have, the more trapped you are, the harder it is to be able to escape. So that's why if I'm talking to anybody who hasn't got into that trap and for some reason you're considering it, take a step back. Gain that experience to be able to look at the situation from a point of view that doesn't include the pressure of having to be better than everybody else. So that's what I'm telling you. Like what I said at the beginning, the idea that by having more stuff and having the best stuff that you're better than other people, and I'm telling you, that is not true. Especially nowadays, it's slowly changing. You can see in popular culture, it's slowly changing that the more rich you are, the lower you are looked upon. Especially if you're not returning something of value back to the world. Like with the aforementioned Elon Musk. So being rich and famous doesn't mean 
that you're safe from from life and safe from stress. Actually, a little side note, it's funny, when you look at some of the richest people on the planet, you can see that their families tend to have a lot of problems, a lot of emotional problems, a lot of stress issues. I don't know if it's just the, the, the human need to be able to create problems so that you feel that you're solving things in life. It's the uh, inability to be able to just sit back and you know be quietly with yourself, that you constantly have to keep pushing things and causing dramas that surrounds you. And if you're rich and you don't work, if, if it's the you know father or mother who made all the money and you're the child and now you don't have to work, you don't have to worry about anything, well, then these problems tend to find you. I don't know if it's because you know the friends only see you for your money or if you married someone who only sees you for your money and then that's all you are to them, then eventually you're going to fight back against that and it's going to create drama. So being rich and famous doesn't mean that you're perfect. And again, I'll say it to you, the less stuff you have, the less known you are, the more content with your life, your job, your family, your spouse that you are, the better. And it doesn't matter if you live in a studio apartment that's you know nicely decorated and clean and you, you can be calm in there. Or you live in a you know a, a decent house in a nice family neighborhood with your kids there, and maybe there's uh, twins or close siblings in age who can share a room. I mean, it, it'll bring them closer together. Like I said, there's always ways to look at it to be grateful for what you got. So I'll I'll end this by saying again, what is being rich to me? I find that. Um, Many of the more affluent people in the world have taken on a bit of a lack mindset, that they feel that they lack things in their life, so they're constantly change, chasing that. You know, they make some money, they need to make more. Like, I, I watch movies and I see these situations where a politician who's, you know, corrupt to all heck already has millions of dollars from being corrupt. And then somebody comes to them and says, here, I'll give you a few more million dollars if you be even more corrupt. And no matter what the you know, damage that this is going to do on the other end, they'll always say yes. And I always say, why are they saying yes? They already have all the money they could ever need for a lifetime. You know, why do they need to be, for lack of a better term, evil just because they want to make a few more million dollars when they already have enough million dollars? So that it always it always took me back and it always comes back to the idea of lack. It's like once you have this life, once you've created it for you around, once you own all these things, you will fight tooth and nail to keep it. And it's not just you. You're not looking at it from the point of view of your fortune. You're not looking at it from the point of view of your spouse or your children. You're also looking at it from the point of view of your future family, your grandkids, your great grandkids, your great great grandkids, and so on and so forth. So if you think that if I can set up my family for many, many, many future generations, you're going to feel motivated to do that no matter who it hurts. Because you come in this mindset that we only take care of our own and that the rest of humanity is not connected to us and it doesn't matter how much they suffer. But that is definitely not the case. I'd like to just kind of take on the idea that uh, there's karma related to all of this. Because I do find that the richest families, as they go through the generations, 
especially the more they're in the limelight, more more they're in the spotlight, that it usually doesn't end well for them. So as you get through the generations, maybe that original motivation that created the massive wealth has gone away. And with that gone, with the idea of it gone, with the future generations more focused on spending that money than making it for the family that follows after them, thinking that, you know, this money will never end, it usually doesn't end well. And I, I like to think of that in the sense of karma. If it was the idea that the previous generations did terrible things, that the sins of that generation may be passed on, as we, especially if they're still gaining the benefits for the money that were made from those terrible things. And again, I, this is just me spitballing at the moment. I don't have any specific examples to share with you in regards to that. Again, I'm just sharing something that seems likely to me. And uh, from your end, you can take it as you will. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. I just want to quickly plug, I have opened up a Twitter page. It's a daily quote Twitter page. I thought Twitter would be the best place for this. So every morning at 8 a.m., there's a new quote related to stuff that I'll talk about on the podcast. If you just go to Twitter, just search for Powerfully Calm, and you should be able to find it. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys. I'll, I'll talk to you next week.